Ladies and gentlemen, the multi-talented Roxy Bernstein. Roxy, how are you? Boys, you got to stay engaged in the game, right? Indeed. You never know what's going to happen when you go to a ball game. You didn't need a glove. Bare hand just snared it right there in the press box. Well, the truth is I didn't have time to react because <laughs> it literally was coming right at me. I'm like, oh, here's a pit foul. Oh, it's coming right at the booth. And sure enough, I didn't even have to move. It was great. And it literally stuck my left hand out, and it hopped in there. And what do you know? I held on to it, thankfully. And knew to call it. Yes. Ball play. <laughs> it's co- I caught it. Yep. I caught it. Fantastic well, part of being a play-by-play guy. You have to tell the story. You have to paint the picture. Yeah, you got to say who caught it. Yeah. I caught it. And th- and then even after you delivered the ball to, uh, I think it was a young female fan, and then it's like the very next pitch, I think, was like flared. To, like you just went right into the, the, the game goes on, and the play-by-play in the description. It was awesome. Nobody cares about me. They just care about the ball game. <laughs> well, we care so about it great. you. I gave it to a little girl, and I, I, it, the cool thing was I could, it totally made her night. Like I, I looked over two or three innings later, and she's still staring at the baseball. So cool. even though my – Eight-year-old son back home wasn't happy with me because he wanted the baseball. I, I, I did what I had to do. Nice. I love when you when you're a kid and you walk away from the ballpark with something that's amazing. But there, I don't understand adults' fascination with foul balls <laughs> and stealing it from kids. I just I don't understand any of that. Like if it's a home run ball, okay, maybe if it's a historic home run ball, I get it. But when you watch. The dude who caught the home run ball with the baby in his hand the other day. It was a great catch. That was a great catch. Roxy, don't you two feed into this. That dude <laughs> reached across his body. A baby, and I mean, we were one bad bounce away from something tragic. For a foul ball, that it's a baseball. Very, hey, but sometimes you don't have time to react. You know, it's just all of a sudden, whoa, it's on me. I, I better catch this thing. Like, it happened to me the other night. And you reacted. I've I've had one ball come my way at Fenway, and I when I saw okay. the the speed of the ball, I was like, "No, y'all can have it. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Like yeah. this is not for me. Yeah. I'm not playing this game." Who's got a better job in sports right now than you watching this team every night? It's it's pretty impressive to see what's going on. It's to the point where it's almost comical. And last night, you know, when when Davis hits that opposite field home run with two strikes, two outs in the ninth inning, I just started laughing. Because it, it, the way it's going right now, you you can't write a script like this. In the last couple of ball games, you rally from ten two down and win thirteen ten in ten. And then what happens last night when you're down to your last strike? Something special's going on. And this team, you know, you're a game and a half back of the wild card behind Seattle. You're six and a half out in the West. And this is a team that's confident. They believe, and they've won twenty six of their last thirty three games. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, and in that, I think I saw a stat, too, to kind of back that one up, Roxy, that in that run, I think the winning run has happened in the eighth or later in 12 of those wins. So, I mean, it's just everything's going right. And the one I want to jump to is the game you just referenced two nights ago because we actually tried to find the win probability. And at one point, I think it was the bottom of the seventh when it was 10 to, or the seventh when it was 10 to, it was zero. It wasn't even a decimal point. It was a 0% chance they won that. You've called college games, Major League Baseball. Just had you? Can you recall a game quite like that where the odds were so stacked against the team? It's been few and far between, but there was a basketball game. Gosh, I want to say it was Stanford and, oh, it was the Cal-Stanford game back in January, Maples Pavilion. And Stanford had a win probability of 99.8%. <laughs> 
with just under eight minutes to go in the game. They were up 18 on their home floor. And Cal had a rough season. And But Cal came back. They found a way to win that game. And so that's the only other time I've seen a win probability just like that, where it's basically a given that they're going to win. Well, that didn't happen that game. And then for the, the A's rally from 10-2 down going to the seventh and come back and win it on Tuesday night. It's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And, and you look around the clubhouse, even Bob Melvin's reaction last night when Chris Davis – uh, hit that home run. Just the grin on his face is like, I can't believe this is happening again. And But that's the case, and this team is confident. Guys, every day they come to the ballpark expecting to win. It, it, that look wasn't there early in the year with this team, but it's clearly there now. Cal Stanford games always seem to get a little weird. Yeah, they do. I don't know why that <laughs> they is. Do. Yeah. They do. They <laughs> do. Uh, Roxy Bernstein with us here on the lowdown. It's been, I mean, 33 games, the last 33 games, they've had the best record in major league baseball here now at 26 and 7 since june 16th is there one thing that you can pinpoint that has changed over the course of the last month and a half i think honestly it's just the confidence of the team because it's not one individual player okay chris davis has come through the last couple of days and jed lowry has had a great run steven piscotti has gotten hot which i think has been a big reason why this team has taken off but and the bullpen has been terrific you go on and on and on there's a number of guys that are contributing and getting involved. So that's, that's the thing about this team is it truly is a team where everybody seems to have a hand in it, and it's, and it's enjoyable from night to night. You don't know who that hero is going to be. How do you envision – you brought up the bullpen, Roxy, uh, adding Familia from the Mets the other day. They already had trying and the bullpen's a strength for sure. How do you envision Bob Melvin using the bullpen as uh, they hope to make a run down the stretch? Well, he's got that loaded back end of the pen. And I know they're confident in that group, and they're going to need the bullpen considering um, the lack of consistent starting pitching that they've got. And that's what even remarkable, more remarkable about this run is that the starting pitching has not been great. Yet the back end is in a lockdown between Trinan and Trevino and Familia. I've I got to assume there will be some opportunities to close for Familia. But for the most part, I think he's – going to be in a setup role because Blake Trinan has just been so dominant as a closer. And you look at what he did last night coming in and strikeout, strikeout, strikeout ball game. And Trevino has been a tremendous find. He's got eight wins and they're really confident in that bullpen and what those guys can do. The A's are a game and a half back from the Mariners for the second wild card spot. They uh, entered uh, the season opening day with the lowest uh, payroll at major league baseball, $66 million. That's over the, over the, that's the lowest in the last 30 seasons, what were the honest expectations for this team on opening day? Honestly, if you talk to people, they were hoping for 500, that they could hopefully stay in contention and maybe battle and be in the picture for the second wild card. But I don't think anybody anticipated that the American League would have all these great teams with five of the six best records in baseball in the AL. And... Early on, it didn't look promising. The A's got off to a little bit of a slow start at 5-10, and 10, but they found their stride, and they have the formula. They're hitting home runs. They've been playing, for the most part, really good defense as of late, and the timely hitting. And for this ball club to be where they're at, I, I think if you really press somebody that you know was a decision-maker with the A's as far as 
uh, the front office in baseball, that maybe this team is ahead of the curve already. They're, they're maybe a year ahead of schedule that they thought, okay, maybe 2019 was the year this team could contend and compete. Well, they've sped up the process, and it's been really fun to watch this group. There's so much energy with this team, and it, it truly is a team. You know, chemistry guys, as you know, especially in basketball or football, it's so important. Baseball, it's never really talked about. And sometimes, oh, who needs chemistry? You look at some of the best teams ever. Well, they hated each other, but they won. Well, this team really has that kind of chemistry that you see in football teams and basketball teams where they really fight and play for one another. And I think it carries over on the field, and that's why, another reason why they're so successful. Uh, just to just for fun, the Oakland A's opening day payroll, $66 million. Uh, Steph Curry's average yearly salary is $40 million. <laughs> And you throw in KD salary, and there oh, you go. There yeah. you go. There it is. Blows it away, yeah. Um, Roxy, they say a lot in baseball that the team is kind of a mirror image or a reflection, I guess, of of the manager. And Bob Melvin's always been acknowledged as a good manager, having a special year. What what role would you and what kind of credit do you give him in, in that strong clubhouse, that strong surge they're on? Like, what, what kind of credit does Melvin get in this? Uh, Bob Melvin should be the American League manager of the year with what he is doing with this team. And he has the pulse, and, and it just seems, and I know you guys follow it, and he tends, just, it, it seems like every night he presses the right button. For example, pinch hits Nick Martini the other night, and Martini comes through and gets two hits, and is a key player in that comeback uh, on Tuesday night. It just seems like whatever move that Bob Melvin makes, it works. And sometimes there could be unconventional, but he puts guys in positions to succeed, He's got the trust factor in the locker room, in the clubhouse. And it really is, I think, that Bob Melvin deserves so much credit for what he has done, helping build this thing back up. Now, he was there when they went to the playoffs in 12, 13, and 14. And he's around again to see another upswing from this organization. I think it's just going to get better and better with this core that they have and this nucleus they're going to try to keep together. Uh, Roxy, a lot of the national attention, you know, the Astros are in the American League. They're the defending World Series champions. You have a a year where both the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox are both very, very good. Uh, And then you've got the Dodgers who just made a big move and they kind of dominate the national narrative. Uh, Anyone there in Oakland have a little chip on their shoulder that they're not getting enough attention for how, how great they've been this last month and a half? To be honest, I don't think that concerns them. It really doesn't. If they get the attention, great. I think they kind of enjoy being that underdog and slipping under the radar and, oh, look what Oakland's doing, and putting pressure quietly on the Astros and the Mariners. And I guarantee you Seattle is well aware of what's going on. And with all this talk, oh, the A's were only a game and a half out of the second wild card. I guarantee you in that clubhouse, that's not what these guys are thinking about. They're not thinking about the second wild card spot. They're thinking about the Houston Astros and trying to catch them and win the division. And you guys remember 2012 when nobody thought the A's could do what they did. Come back, down five games in the standings with nine games to go. They found a way to win the AOS in the final day when they swept the Texas Rangers. And I think there's a lot of parallels between that team and this team that we're seeing right now emerge here in 2018. Yeah, and I just, I mean, you brought up their offense, too. I love it. I mean, they, they get walks. 
they score runs. They hit home runs that we're seeing, obviously. I mean, Chris Davis continues the, the stat with him having more homers than anybody over the last couple seasons. I, I just I don't know where the flaw is, if any, really offensively with this team. I mean, is that, would you say, besides the bullpen, the, the, the great strength of the A's this year? Yeah, there's no question there's depth and length to this lineup. And they make it difficult on opposing pitchers. The formula, and we've seen it quite a bit as of late, you get the starter's pitch count up, get it up there make him extend himself so he can only go five or six innings, and then you get into the bullpen and you beat up the bullpen. And if you look at the numbers over the last three innings of ball games, that's where the A's are scoring the majority of their runs. And it's, I think that formula rings true, that they find ways to get that starter. For example, you go back to the, the last road trip when they went to Cleveland, and Corey Kluber's in there, and they chase him after seven innings, get that pitch count up, and they come back and they win the game when he's out of the game. They did that in Houston as well. So th- there is that formula for the A's that seems to be working, and they force other pitchers to overextend themselves. They can't finish ball games, or at least can't hand it off to the closer, and the A's capitalize on it the majority of the time. Well, they're wearing down opposing pitchers, and they're smashing the ball out of the park because they're, they're third in the league in home runs. They're one good weekend away from overtaking Boston at second. Uh, again, an extraordinary number for a team that was well out of playoff contention last year. Well, how about you, know, you go back to Sunday. They hit four in the win at, at home against the Giants. They hit four in the first game here Monday. They hit four Tuesday. First time in athletic franchise history they've hit four or more home runs in three consecutive games. That's what this team does. And they lead the majors in home runs on the road. And it's crazy when you look at the splits, the offensive production, the A's get on the road as opposed to home. And the road record is among the best in baseball. The home record's getting better, but it really is incredible to see what this team is doing on the road because most of the times, as we know, you're supposed to take care of business at home. You hope to salvage some wins on the road. It's been the reverse for this team. They've been much better on the road for some reason. Do you anticipate, you know, they just came off the great home series too, and it's going to happen with the Bay Bridge series. You get Giants fans there, A's fans. I mean, great crowd at Oakland for that. Uh, they're doing all this great stuff in Texas. They go to Colorado. But coming back home, do you hope there's an influx of, of A's fans that continue to go to the Coliseum? I, I would hope so because this team deserves it. The way they play, they're in, they play an entertaining style of baseball. They're fun to watch. And – the success that they're having, playing themselves in a contention. There's 17 games over 500 coming into tonight. And they should have strong crowds. And we're going to see a lot of home games coming up for the A's. And with Toronto coming in and Tigers next weekend, look, it was great to see the, the full houses for the Giants. But let's also see it for the other teams when they come to town because I, I think that they, I, the A's, the, the players will tell you to a man that they have really appreciated the atmosphere and the fans coming out and getting behind them. And, look, they had a Coliseum record, 56,000 people there on Saturday night. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, and they need, that needs to happen, but they, they should get a spike in attendance considering how well they're playing. I was playing Roxy Bernstein in Moneyball 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Somebody has got to show they can catch a baseball with their bare hand, right? That's, that's, a, that's yeah. a must. That's a must, obviously. <laughs> obviously. It's a, it's a, that, that will be uh, audition one. But if oh man, if Bean gets uh, Brad Pitt, I mean, come on. Well, okay, then you, you know, I, I, I was a buddy of mine who's an actor in Hollywood. I'm taking him. I'm going to take Eric Dane. You know who he is, right? Eric Dane, I know the name. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He was, he was, he was McSteamy on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. There you go. That'll work. Okay. We always always have to up our game when it's not us, okay? Somebody's got to elevate your game. Well, he can do it for me. There There you go. go. Like it. Well done. Roxy, uh, have a uh, fantastic – I mean, not going to have any trouble getting through the dog days of summer uh, with the way this team is playing. Hopefully we'll connect again soon. We appreciate your time today. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me.